breeze. Buck Benny, a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. It's 2017, and we have got some great shows for you today. Uh, before we get into that, though, I thought I'd do a little bit of housekeeping and just talk about the fact that over on our Judy Garland and Friends podcast, we have a lot more Christmas shows going on. So if you want to listen to Christmas shows, I would check out that podcast because there are so many big stars that are in Christmas specials and big stars. I try and throw on the Judy Garland podcast because it's all about the big stars. As you can hear, my voice is not the best today. It's um, I thought it was getting better, but it's getting worse again. So we'll make do. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask is we're still trying to get donations to the podcast. Uh, I'm really finding people are really liking Patreon and going through Patreon. So you might just, uh, if you just go to buckbenny.com, right there on your right is the Patreon symbol. You just click on that and that'll take you right to the site that shows you how to donate and, and what $1 will get you and $5 will get you for rewards and that sort of thing. The bottom line is we're having a sale and basically at the $5 level, if you do $5 a month, you're going to get access to all my audio files, all my video files, uh, close to 300 uh, Johnny Carson shows, and about the same amount of, of video presentations from Jack, whether they're guest shots, whether they're his movies, whether they're his films, uh, whether they're his um, TV show, all of that. So... Uh, a fun thing to to get access to and something that of course I can't present on the podcast because it's all audio at the three dollar level you get access to all of my audio files that I have both uh, all the podcasts plus all of the um, the what the source material that the high quality source material I have uh, all of these files too are all um, dynamic there were, as I add more to my collection, as I create more podcasts, I throw them in these files so they're always updated constantly. And so you're changing from week to week as to what's in there. There gets to be more and more and more stuff in there. So um, just a, a fun way to experience a lot more Jack Benny and a lot more uh, comedy and uh, a lot more um, shows than I can present on my podcasts. Uh, so if you would help us with that, that would be great. Even at the $1 level, you get access. I mean, if you like these Jack Benny podcasts I do, at the $1 level, so just $12 a year, you get access to a 1,000-plus Jack Benny podcasts that I've done, all my Jack Benny podcasts that I've ever done. And uh, that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, anyway, let's move on from there and talk about the shows. Tonight's shows. Uh, the Jack Benny show that we start off with is from 1952. It's from the 7th of December. And this episode gives you a chance to get into the Christmas spirit a little bit. You hear Dennis Day singing Christmas on Killarney, which is awesome. And then you'll also get a chance to um, hear Bob Crosby make a slip of the tongue that he will never live down in the entire series. So he even carries it into television, I think. So uh, you get a chance to hear that fun episode for that. After that, we get a chance to 
see what it's like having Julius in jail on the Phil Harris show something that I think Phil and Frankie Remley have wanted for a long time uh, I guess it's not Frankie Remley on this season it's Elliot Lewis so uh, something Phil and Elliot have wanted so now we get to see what it's like to have Julius in jail after that um, we jump back 10 years to 1942 and it's the Liberty Ship episode. And when I saw the Liberty Ship title, I was like, oh, no, not now. But uh, Liberty Ship is a great episode. It, uh, we did a sound upgrade on this, a, a lot better quality than it has been in the past. But the unfortunate thing about the Liberty Ship episode is it is where Phil Harris, we say goodbye to Phil for about 16 weeks while he goes into the Merchant Marines. Um, and then he comes back and we have him for probably half a year or something and then we lose Dennis and we lose Dennis for two years that he's um, he's serving our country uh, and then he comes back and then Dennis and Phil both get their own shows and never quite have the same focus on the Jack Benny show that they did before so it's just one of those things as time goes on but uh, some great shows for you tonight enjoy all of them and we will see you next time. I want to thank all of you who've donated to the podcast, all the people who sent me wonderful emails. You can send me at buckbennyotr at gmail.com. And uh, that's buckbennyotr at gmail.com. And uh, I just love the comments people send me. Also, if you want to send check a money order or something like that, you can uh, email me and, and I'll send you back my uh, home address so that you can... Uh, send me any donations you wish for the podcast um, I'm glad so many people are enjoying it I'm glad we keep growing um, one thing I haven't said in a while I guess is we get we're getting close to about 4,000 downloads a day uh, 4,000 people no not downloads I guess it's closer to 10,000 downloads a day but we get about uh, 4,000 visitors a day which is really nice and people listening to the, to the show over on uh, the Judy Garland side, we're getting about 500 listeners a day over at the Judy Garland site, which is great. Uh, we'd love to have more of you come on over and join us over there. If you like the Jack Benny podcast, you'll like the Judy Garland and Friends podcast too. It's very similar, and we introduce a lot of great shows. Uh, I just uh, put over there Orson Welles for Orson Welles Wednesday. We have uh, his version of A Christmas Carol with Orson Welles actually playing Scrooge. And I think that's a fun one, and it's in pretty good sound quality, too. Um, we had the Bo some Bob Hope Christmas specials and things over there uh, in the last week that you might enjoy. Without further ado, on to the Jack Benny Show and the Phil Harris Show. Enjoy. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. Lucky's taste better. Remember that, friends, for real smoking enjoyment, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. I'd like to explain just why that is. So let's start where Lucky's do, with good-tasting tobacco. You just have to have Lucky's fine, light, naturally mild tobacco to begin with, or you'll never wind up with Lucky's better taste. And friends, remember this. Lucky's are made better to taste better, to taste cleaner, fresher, and smoother. 
That's the secret of real smoking enjoyment. Lucky's fine tobacco in a cigarette that's made better to taste better, to give you a cleaner, fresher, smoother-tasting smoke. So be happy, go lucky, and get the better taste you're entitled to. When you stop at a cigarette counter, stop and consider this. Nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike, Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's house in Beverly Hills. And even though this is only the first week in December... Jack is preparing to mail his Christmas cards early. Well, let me see, Rochester. Who else do I want to send a Christmas card to? Oh, yes, put down Joan Crawford, Barbara Stanwyck. A little slower, boss. I can't write that fast. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Joan Crawford. Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck. Yasha Heifetz. Yasha. Boss, do you send a Christmas card to Yasha Heifetz? Well, certainly. After all, we have a lot in common. You know, as a matter of fact, last year, Mr. Heifetz sent me a string off the violin he used when he gave a concert in Carnegie Hall. Oh, yeah, I remember. By the way, Rochester, what did I do with that string? You put it in your pajamas. <laughs> oh, yes. Tonight, remind me to put some rosin on it, the knot slip. <laughs> Now, let... Hey, wait a minute. If the violin string is in my pajamas, where's the pajama string? On your violin. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, let's uh, get on with this list. Oh, there's one Christmas card I must send out to General Eisenhower. Do you know his address? Uh, no. Oh, I know. I'll address the envelope this way. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, Washington, D.C. Care of Harry Truman, please hold. <laughs> I'll send one to President Truman, too. Mark that one, please, forward. <laughs> now, let's see. Who else should I... Rochester, was that the front door buzzer? Yes, sir. There it goes again. <laughs> well, go answer it. Oh, 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 that's right. You made the beds this morning. <laughs> Yes, yes, I did. It's your turn. Answer the door now. Yes, sir. Coming! Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Hello, Mr. Crosby. Hello, Hi, Rochester. Mr. Benny in? Oh, yes, he's in the den. He's been working all day addressing Christmas cards. He sold that many, huh? Oh, these are his personal cards. <laughs> the ones he's sending to his friends. Uh, am I on the list? Oh, yes, Miss Livingston. And next to your name is a notation, wristwatch. My wristwatch, huh? And uh, next to Mr. Crosby's name is Gold Cufflinks. Hey, Mary, isn't that wonderful? A wristwatch next to your name and gold cufflinks next to mine. 
Bob, don't get excited. Jack is just trying to guess what he's going to get from us. <laughs> well, that old blue-eyed fox. Well, come on, Bob. Let's go in the den. Okay. Hello, Jack. Huh? Oh, hello, Mary. Hi, Jack. Hello, Cufflings. I mean, hello. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm addressing some Christmas cards. Mary, do you think I ought to send a card... Mary, do you think I ought to send a card... Jack, that's the door buzzer. So what? I made the beds this morning. <laughs> Rochester! Oh, yes! Come in! Well, I could have done that. Hey, where is everybody? In here, Dennis, in the den. Oh. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, Mary. Hello, Bob. Hello, Dennis. Hiya, kid. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hey, Mr. Benny, I got a big surprise for you. A surprise? Yeah, I don't know whether you know it or not, Mr. Benny, but I'm a member of the Elks Club. Oh, oh, I know that. Yeah. And every year we give an award to the one whom we select as the outstanding personality on radio and television. Well. And since I was the one who nominated you and campaigned for you, I felt that I should be the one to come over here and tell you. Well, certainly. You lost. <laughs> I lost? But believe me, Mr. Benny, the way it turned out, you don't have to feel bad. I don't? Nah, you didn't even come close. <laughs> hmm. But you got one vote. Well, thanks anyway, kid. Don't thank me. I voted for Chef Milani. <laughs> Dennis, for heaven's sake, if you nominated me and campaigned for me, why did you vote for Chef Milani? I thought it was time for a change. <laughs> can't understand at all. Look, Dennis, I'll bet you came over here and made that whole thing up. You don't even belong to the Elks. Oh, yes, I do, Mr. Benny, and they told me I'm one of the most important members they've got. A silly kid like you? Why would you be important to the Elks? Well, every time they take in a new member, they pull out one of my teeth. <laughs> now, cut that out! <laughs> Dennis, I don't want any more trouble from you. Just let me hear the song you're going to do on the program. Okay, but I might whistle a little. A new member joined today. <laughs> All right, whistle, but do it. Let's hear the song. The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. It's nice to know to kiss your bow while cuddling under the mistletoe. And Santa Claus, you know, of course, is one of the boys from home. The door is always open, the neighbors pay a call. And Father John, before he's gone, will bless the house and all. How grand it feels to click your heels and join in the fun of the jigs and reels. I'm handing you no Barney, the likes you've never known. It's Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. The holiday, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. It was Cousin O'Flaherty, Uncle O'Shea.
trying to see Michael, my brother, and Auntie McGee, and father and mother were all in a dither when Terence the baby crawled under the tree. It's nice, you know, to kiss your hoe while cuddling under the mistletoe. Ah! Santa Claus, you know, of course, is one of the boys from home. Twas Paddy Delahanty who dressed up like Santy and gave out the presents like he always does. But Johnny McGee, when he sat on his knee, tried to pull off his whiskers to see who it was. The door is always open. The neighbors pay a call. And Father John, before he's gone, will bless the house and all. How grand it feels to click your heels and join in the fun of the jigs and reels. I'm handing you no barney, the likes you've never known. It's Christmas in Killarney with all, all of the, the folks at That was very good. It'll be fine on the program, kid. Don't call me kid. <laughs> what? I've been with you 12 years and you keep calling me kid. What do you want me to call you? Mr. Day. You want me to call you Mr. Day? Yeah, that's what my mother calls my father. Well, that's ridiculous. Why would your mother call your father Mr.? Since I was born, they haven't been such good friends. <laughs> can understand. Sometimes I... Come in! Oh, hello, Don. Oh, hi, kids. Hi, hi Don. Don. Say, Don, where were you last night? Why? What do you mean? Well, you should have been with us. Gee, Jack took us all to the movies. We went to Pantages to see the happy time. That's right, Don. I treated the gang to dinner and everything. Dinner, too? Gosh, where'd you eat? In the theater. He bought us popcorn. <laughs> Oh, stop. I suppose you think they give you those candy bars. <laughs> Did you like the happy time? Uh-huh. You know, Don, in fact, I liked it so much, I think we may do a sketch about it on our program. Well, Jack, do you think that our cast will fit the characters in the picture? Oh, they'd be marvelous, Don. You see, the leading role in the happy time is played by Charles Boyer. Oh, and he was just wonderful. That's right. You see, Don, in this picture, Charles Boyer is the father of a family. He's in show business and plays the violin. Come to think of it, I, I probably would have fit the part much better than he did. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't call me when they were casting the picture. Well, maybe they didn't know you were available, Jack. He's been available since the horn blows at midnight. <laughs> I've had offers since then, sister. As a matter of fact, I played a small but very important part in a picture called Somebody Loves Me. The life story of Blossom Seely and Benny Fields. Oh, I saw that picture, Mr. Benny. You appeared as yourself, didn't you? Yes, Dennis. I played the part of Jack Benny. I thought it was lousy casting. <laughs> Here is bad. I don't know where he put lousy. In. for me. I'm working for him. <laughs> Dennis, one more crack like that, I'm going to join the Elks. <laughs> You'll be a... 
Now, what were we talking about? The happy time. You said you wanted to do it on radio. Oh, yes. Now, Don, Boyer's wife in the picture could be Mary, and they had a 12-year-old son who was very much like Dennis. I'm older than that. <laughs> Physically, yes. Now, Don, there were all sorts of wonderful characters in the happy time, including Uncle Louie, an eccentric who always goes around drinking from a water cooler filled with wine. Bob, do you think you could play that part? Well, I don't know, Jack. You see, I don't drink. But, Bob, this is only wine. Yeah, but you can get stinking on that stuff, too. <laughs> I guess so. Don't forget, he's a Frenchman, too. He plays a Frenchman. Well, Bob, play that part anyway, but don't overact, will you? Oh, the characters sound fine, but... What about the story? Would that be appropriate for a sketch? Oh, the story would be perfect, Don. You see, the happy time takes place in the year 1924 in Ottawa, Canada. The scene is the home of Jacques Bonnard and his family. The story opens one day with Jacques practicing his violin. What is it, Marie? Uh, your violin. Why are you practicing it? I thought you woke with a headache. That is right, mon chéri. But the headache is all gone. I feel better. <laughs> Good. What did you take for it? An Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Listen to him, Fizz. It is driving me crazy. But, darling, if I do not practice, I will not be able to complete the symphony I am working on. I'm going to call it Can vous dites, je suis affliché, danger revendré à toi. Oh, what a lovely title. When you say I beg your pardon, then I to you will come back. <laughs> yes. What is wrong with this violin? Your pajama string, she is out of tune. <laughs> By the way, Marie, where is Grandpapa? Your papa, he is sleeping late. He was out all night again. Oh. Oh, here he is now. Good morning, Papa. You were out late again last night, were you not? Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> you were out with a girl? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Was she pretty? Wee oui, wee. Oui. What was her name? Fifi. Fifi? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Well, Papa, I think tonight for once you do not go out. You go to sleep early. But no, I must go out tonight. My girlfriend is giving me a birthday party. Oh, that is right. This is your birthday. How old are you, Papa? Thirty-nine. 
Oh, yes. Uh, wait a minute, Jacques. How old are you? Thirty-nine. Jacques, how can you and your papa both be thirty-nine? You are right, Marie. It is ridiculous for Papa to say he is 39. I will talk to him. Papa, dites-moi pourquoi nous sommes si même. Oh, mon fils, je rive la première île et l'oulmine. Oh. Uh, what did Papa say? He said he got there first. It is his. <laughs> Well, au revoir. I have to be going. Uh, goodbye, Papa. Uh, don't stay out too late. Jacques, Jacques, why do you keep practicing that same song? It is a new number we are going to do in the theater. A solo? No, not exactly. You see, I start on the violin, then a quartet joins in, and uh, Marie, it will sound something like this. Hello, Marie. Oh, what a day. Where can I put my cooler of wine? <laughs> he used to speak French good, but he spent Christmas in Killarney. <laughs> Fine Frenchman, we got him. <laughs> Louis, I am curious. For years I have seen you carry that cooler around. Tell me, what kind of wine do you keep in it? Monet. Manet Bordeaux? Manet Chebevet. <laughs> Chebevet? Manet Chebevet? Oui, oui.
you not try to change? Why do you associate with people like, like that guitar player? You mean Francois Remley? <laughs> yes, that Francois Remley. That fellow is one of the worst. Wait, wait a minute, Jacques. Francois Remley is not as bad as you think. In fact, he is quite the gentleman. What do you mean, Mo Cherie? Well, yesterday after the rain, there was a big puddle of water on the boulevard. And so that I would not get my feet wet, <coughs> Monsieur Remley let me step on his coat. He did not let you. He just happened to be lying there. <laughs> Tomorrow, it could be Monsieur Bagby. <laughs> so do not think that... Ah, our son, Denise, is home, is home from school. Hello, Mama. Hello, Papa. Hello, Uncle Louis. <laughs> Hello, my son. Hello, Denise. How did you do with your studies today, Denise? Well... Jacques, you do not have to worry about how our son does in school. He is, as the Americans say, pretty sharp. Marie, Mocherie, it does not necessarily mean a boy is sharp because his head had come to a point. <laughs> he is, as the American also say, a jerk. Merci beaucoup, papa. You are welcome. I am going to my room. I am making a handkerchief box for Mignonette. Ho, ho, the little boy is in love with the maid. Denise in love with our maid? Is this true? Yes, Mama. But, son, you cannot be in love with the maid. You are only 12. Mentally, yes. <laughs> Serious. I think you should have a talk with the maid. Very well. Where is Mignonette? She's in the kitchen. I will go see her. Excuse me. Imagine my little boy, Denise, in love with the maid. But I cannot blame Denise for being in love with Mignonette. She is not an ordinary maid. She used to be a dancer in the theater. Oh. Hello, Monsieur Bonal. Mignonette, put down those fans and get off the ironing board. I wish to talk to you about my son, Denis. Mm, it is about time, monsieur. You know, he has the puppy love crush on me. I do not know why. I only kissed him once. Wait a minute, Mignonette. If you kiss the boy, then you encourage him. Oh, no, monsieur. It was not a real kiss. It was just a little one. Like this. Here, I will show you. Not much. Mm, no, no, it was nothing. <laughs> Help me down off the ironing. <laughs> Thank you. Mignonette, I do not know what to do about my son. Monsieur Bonnard, your Denise is growing up. You should have a talk with him and tell him the facts of life. You are right. I shall go to his room and... 
Oh, there's no need to go. Here he is now. Hello, mignonette. Hello, papa. <laughs> Denny, your father wishes to talk with you. I shall leave you two alone. Now, Denise, I wish to have a talk with you. Mignonette told me that you kissed her. That is right, Papa. Denise, my boy, there are some things you should know about life. Yes, Papa. There comes a time in a father's life when he must have a man-to-man talk with his son. What is it, Papa? I will explain. When I was a young man, I met your mama. I asked her to go out with me. I courted her. I got a job. She waited for me. I worked till I could afford a diamond ring. Then I proposed to her. She accepted me. Then we were married. And then you got me. Yes. It was hardly worth it. But this is the way it is with love, son. Even with the birds and the bees. I think I understand, Papa. Good. Now go outside and play. Yes, Papa. Well, I am glad that he's over. He is so young, impressionable. I am glad I was able to make him understand. He is a good boy. And someday... Papa! Papa! Denise, my boy... What is the matter? Your lips are all swollen. You and your crazy bees. (laughs) That could only happen to my son, Danny. Friends, last year, more than a quarter of a million homes were ravaged by fire. Thousands of Americans lost their lives. And most of these fires were caused by someone's carelessness. So be extremely careful with fire. Replace all defective electrical wiring in your home. Don't smoke in bed. And be sure that every match or cigarette is out. Remember, only you can prevent fires. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a moment. But first, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Yes, when it comes to your own enjoyment of a cigarette, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. You can prove that yourself when you smoke Lucky's. Or you can ask any Lucky smoker. Or take college students from coast to coast. A nationwide survey in 80 leading colleges based on actual student interviews reveals that far more smokers in these colleges prefer Lucky's than any other cigarette. And that's by a wide margin. What's more, Lucky Strike gained far more smokers in these colleges than the nation's two other principal brands combined. And the number one reason the students gave for smoking Lucky's was better taste. Yes, indeed. And because Lucky's do taste better, they'll make a wonderful gift for all the smokers on your Christmas list. Besides, you can now get Lucky's in their bright and cheery new Christmas carton created by Raymond Lowy, the world-famous designer. You'll find it at any cigarette counter. So make it a lucky Christmas. Give everyone a colorful Christmas carton of Lucky Strike. 
Be happy, go lucky, be happy, get better taste. Be happy, go lucky, for Christmas gifts this year. Don, Don, that will give you a rough idea of the picture of the happy time. But you ought to see it. You'll enjoy it. There are a lot of characters that I, I didn't tell you. Where's the phone? I'll get it. Hello? Yes, he's here. You want to talk to him? What? Yes. Yes, I'll give him the message. Goodbye. Dennis? Yes, Papa? <laughs> On the way to your Elks meeting tonight, get some Novocaine. A new member just joined. <laughs> Good night, folks. Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Packerberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Thank you, and for Anderson Andy, who follow immediately on the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents Transcribed, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. If any of you have ever been in trouble, you know how helpful a real friend can be. However, if your friend happens to be a Phil Harris, you're still in trouble. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. Here's how to be top man around your house this Christmas. Surprise the family with a new RCA Victor television set. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The television you can count on for clear, strong, steady pictures. One big reason for this dependable performance is RCA Victor's Magic Monitor. This exclusive electronic circuit system acts like an engineer inside your set. It screens out static automatically, steps up power automatically, and automatically ties the best sound to the clearest picture. The Magic Monitor is built into all RCA Victor sets, into the Brookfield console, for example. The Brookfield gives you a real family view of television on its huge 21-inch picture tube. And every detail of this handsome console, from tube to tuner, is designed and built to meet the high-quality standards that have made RCA Victor the world's most owned television. See the entire line of RCA Victor television at your dealers tomorrow. Prices start as low as $199.95. And remember, when you select RCA Victor television, buy an RCA Victor factory service contract for expert installation and service. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. It is early morning in the Harris household. Alice has just sent the children off to school, and as we look in, she has joined Phil at the breakfast table. Phil, as usual, has his favorite newspaper propped up in front of him. Phil. Phil, would you please put that newspaper down? Huh? 
Oh, Phil, pay a little attention to me. Since the day we were married, you came down to breakfast every morning, bury your face in the paper, and never even glance at me. What? I said put the newspaper down. All right, I'll put it down. I'm sorry, honey. Ah! <laughs> What's the matter? Is that how you look every morning? <laughs> What's wrong with the way I look? The least you can do is to wear your hair to the table. <laughs> Under this bandana Oh, oh For a minute I thought I was married to Guy Kibbe <laughs> Now if you don't mind I'd like to get back to my newspaper Very well Can I have part of it? No You have your own newspaper Read that Besides, you wouldn't understand my paper Oh, are you reading the Cherokee Tomahawk Times again? <laughs> no I canceled my subscription in November <laughs> I thought they were slanting their political views when they supported Tonto for president. <laughs> All the polls showed that Little Beaver was far out in front. Well, please be quiet. All right, I'll read my paper and you read yours. Thanks. Oh, let's see what's on the front page today. I... Phil! Phil, listen to this. Julius Abruzio arrested... You mean little Julius, our grocery boy? Yes. What's he been arrested for? Stuffing one of his customers in a meat grinder? <laughs> Phil, this is serious. He's been arrested on suspicion of theft, and he's being held by the police. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Ooh, them poor cops. <laughs> this is nothing to joke about. It says here he's suspected of burglarizing one of the homes on his delivery route. Oh, that's ridiculous. Julius wouldn't steal. How can they suspect him of burglary? Head shrinking, maybe. <laughs> not stealing. I don't think that Julius would ever... Come in. I know the kid may be a monster, but he's an honest one. He would... Hello, Curly. Hi, Alice. Elliot. Elliot, did you read the bad news in today's paper? I certainly did, and I think it's horrible. Imagine raising the price of cocktail onions two cents a jar. <laughs> That ain't the news she's talking... They did? <laughs> Look, Elliot, what she's talking about, Julius was arrested, they got him in jail, and now he stands a chance of being sent away for 20 years. Isn't that splendid? Fellas, <laughs> this is serious. According to this article, the police claim Julius stole silverware, jewelry, and two mink coats. I don't believe the boy did it And I'm going down to the police station And see if I can help him Don't get too close to his cell He's liable to bite you <laughs> You're tired today, Clyde <laughs> Look, Elliot Alice is right Maybe we ought to go down with her And see if we can help that kid After all, he's only a child And, well, going to jail Might ruin his whole life Now, we'll all drive down together Alice, yeah. you get ready to sing While I back the band out of the garage <laughs> This night could use a little brightening Light up, you little old bug of lightning When you gotta glow, you 
Kids, let's go in and see what we can do for this guy. Well, this is a cold and dismal-looking place. Who do we have to see about talking to Julius? Well, don't ask me. I wouldn't know about no police stations. <laughs> we'll have to ask somebody who knows about these. Uh, Elliot, who do we see? <laughs> Please, keep those low-character gags about me for your radio show. I'm a respectable citizen, and you know it. I've never been in a police station in my life, and I don't want you all to right, make that... All right, all right, all right. Oh, there's a guy in uniform sitting at the desk. I'll ask him. Hey, pardon me, officer. Uh, we want to see Julius Abruzio. Very well. Before I let you see him, I'd have to know who you are. What's your name, sir? Phil Harris. What's your name, miss? Alice Faye. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Sarge. <laughs> Never been here before, huh? <laughs> Look, Sergeant, we want you to release Julius. Obviously, the police department made a mistake in arresting him. What do you mean coming in here and telling us we made a mistake? We never make mistakes. One more crack like that and I'll run you all in. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Alice, don't let him bulldoze you. He's not even a real cop. What do you mean I'm not a real cop? Real cops never get excited and I ought to know because I listen to Dragnet every week. <laughs> Real cops never change their voice up or down. They just talk in a straight line like they got stomach cramps. Sergeant, I'm sure an error has been made. Julius isn't the kind of a boy who would do anything wrong. He wouldn't harm a soul. He wouldn't, huh? Then how come three of our jailers are missing? <laughs> what do you mean? Every time we send somebody in with us food, that's the last we see of them. That's understandable. I've been here, and believe me, the jailers taste better than the food. I didn't mean that. They go in there, run out screaming, and they refuse to come back. 
Oh, you're exaggerating. Julius is a very nice boy. He's really gentle and just as sweet as he can be. Let me out, you fingerled kid! It's not down with me bare hands! <laughs> There's sweetness now. Oh, the poor child. Officer, may we go in and see him, please? All right, follow me. Oh, this is awful. An innocent child like Julius being kept in these horrible surroundings. Oh, the boy must be frightened to death. Please stop hitting me with that rubber hose. You're cracking me with a skull. I'll confess, but don't hit me again. Don't hit me again. Why, they're beating that kid. I ain't gonna stand for that. Julius, we ain't gonna let anybody beat... beat. Wait a minute, what are you screaming for? There ain't nobody in the cell with you. Nobody's beating you. I know, I just want to give the joint a bad name. <laughs> you see what we go through? Yeah, why that ornery little so-and-so ought to be spanked. Phil, 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 please, don't be hard on the boy. Can't you see he's terribly upset? We've got to cheer him up. Okay, okay. Julius, we're here to help you, son. Gee, that's swell he is. It's nice to know that my friends didn't forsake me. Of course not. We won't forsake you, Julius, darling. <laughs> on this your hanging day. <laughs> Fear not the awful fate that waits you. For Julius, dear, you must be Now, take it easy, Julius. Look, officer, we've known this boy for many years, and he's never done a dishonest thing in his life. I'll vouch for him, and so will Mr. Lewis and Mr. Harris, won't you, fellas? Of course we will. Sergeant, I assure you that this boy is as honest as I am. Ooh, that's a lovely recommendation. <laughs> what I need is a lawyer. You need more than one, and we're going to get them for you. We'll get you that famous law firm, Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. <laughs> Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe? We want to railroad them, don't we? <laughs> What's everybody laughing at? I don't think it's funny. I'm rotting away in jail and they're telling bum jokes. <laughs> Please don't get upset. How could I help getting upset? Here I sit. With the prison palace slowly creeping over me, little puss. <laughs> my little body shriveling up like a piece of cold bacon. I'm an outcast from society, shunned by everybody, just sitting here alone in my dark, dank, damp dungeon. That's pretty good. <laughs> Now try Dirty Dottie Dunks Donuts. <laughs> yeah, how about, uh, are you copper bottoming in my man? No, Mom, I'm aluminum in Mom. <laughs> That's a good one, Dean. <laughs> Miss Fay, will you please get these idiots out of here? I need help. I'm in jail for 
know, Julius, but you must be brave. No matter what they do to you, if you know deep down in your heart that you're innocent, then, my boy, you are a free man. Ah! <laughs> Always remember, stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Oh, no! Now she's getting like them! <laughs> Sorry, folks, your time is up. You'll have to leave now. Now, goodbye, Julius, and don't fret. We're going to hire a good lawyer, and he'll get you out of this jail. Yeah, but suppose we don't. We'll get you out anyway. How? Here's a sharp spoon. Start digging. <laughs> hey, so long, kid. If there's anything you need, just let us know. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> Fellas. Fellas, I'm ashamed of you. Julius is in a lot of trouble, and all you do is kid about it. Sergeant. Sergeant, what made you think that Julius committed this crime? Well, Mrs. Cartwright, the owner of the stolen item, said the stuff disappeared right after Julius delivered the groceries. Well, I don't mean that Julius took it. Maybe somebody else in Mrs. Cartwright's house stole it. Maybe the gardener, the chauffeur, the maid, or... Wait a minute. The maid? I was over at Mrs. Cartwright's last week collecting for the community chest, and I noticed she had a new French maid. I'll bet she's the one who did it. What makes you think so? I didn't like her looks. That's the kind of concrete evidence we need. <laughs> but it's worth looking at. Uh, so long, Sarge. Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah, where are we going? Over to the Cartwright's house. Now, if we can prove the maid stole the stuff, then we'll get Julius off. We'll question her. Now, Phil, you ought to leave this for the police. They ain't done no good so far. If the maid's guilty, then we'll get her to confess and we'll bring her in. Now, you wait here at the police station, Alice, until we get back. Come on, Elliot. On the way over, you can entertain me with a song. I don't sing. And I don't know anybody here who does sing. Well, no I do, can... and I will. Long, long ago in New Orleans On a little street of dreams There I heard a crazy band That was where the blues began There was Memphis Joe with his hidey home Moaning on his saxophone There was Slip-On Slim, you've heard of him And his laughing slide trombone Peg Lake Pete playing hot and sweet On the bacon powder can Dancers swayed as they played That was where the blues began There was Dogface Chet with his clarinet Hitting high notes up and down Smokey Moke was there with his slick black hair Beating his drums like a clown While the booga 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 Of a big brown jug by a hepcat dressed in jeans That was where the blues was born in New Orleans Peg Leg Pete and his violin Made of bacon pot of tin Hollers out, let them folks come in Dog-faced Chet and his clarinet The cutest pair I've ever met Broke his reader, I'd been there yet Memphis Joe and his saxophone Slip-horn Slim and his trombone They tuned up and settled down Then they all went to town There was Big Nose Tess from the Greasy Vest Weeping in her glass of beer There was Gambler Jake playing table stakes With a seaboat engineer Natchez Lil, she was dressed to kill Singing love songs about a man As she moaned, people groaned That was how torch songs began Then a cat named Sam in from Alabama Started shooting up the flow Everybody broke through the pistol smoke for the windows and the dough. While the roar, roar, roar of a 44 busted up those happy scenes. That was how the blues was born in New Orleans.
Elliot. Mm? The maid will probably answer the door. Now, as soon as she opens it, we'll tell her that we're cops and then start to question her. Ring the bell. Yeah. Curly, what do we do if the maid won't talk? We're going to make her talk. She'll probably deny it at first, but we'll just keep after her until she breaks down. And then if she breaks... Yes, monsieur? And what can I do for you, gentlemen? We're from... We're from... We're from police headquarters and... Putting it mildly. Mmm, <laughs> You're a dan, dan, dan. Did you wish to see someone? Yes, uh, we came. Wow! <laughs> oh, you're a good one now. <laughs> Wow, I can't seem to get past that. <laughs> I'll try again. Um, wow, are you... I mean... <laughs> who are you, miss? I'm the maid, monsieur. Elliot, after a thorough investigation, I have come to the conclusion that this French Marilyn Monroe is obviously innocent. <laughs> And nobody can say we didn't question her carefully either. <laughs> Curly, your wife must be out of her mind to accuse an innocent little thing like this. Yeah. I wonder why Alice didn't like her looks. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't look her over as closely as we had. Did you say you want to question me, Cherie? Well, if you think it wouldn't tire you, dear. Oh, no. I'd never get tired of being questioned by a strong, handsome man like you. Just what did you want to know, baby? Well, we came by to, um... That is, um... Um... What did we come here for again? <laughs> Who can remember? <laughs> Let's ad lib something. You said you were from the police. Oh, that. Please. <laughs> Please. Uh, look, lady, we don't like to disturb you, but there's a boy sitting in jail accused of stealing things from this house, and we don't think he did it. We think somebody in this house is the crook. Monsieur, why do you look at me like that? Oh, no. Oh, you think I am the thief? Oh, uh, uh, Oh, monsieur. Oh, you are horrible to think a thing like that. Oh. Well, don't cry, lady. I hate myself for saying <laughs> No, you don't. Yes, I do. Look, I'm kicking myself in the shin. Out. Oh, how could you accuse me of this? You don't love me anymore. Oh, but I do. <laughs> I love you more than I... No, lady, stop... <laughs> Lady, stop crying on my shoulder No, I will not stop until you put your arms around me And tell me you are sorry All right, honey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry But I can't put my arms around you 
If you don't, I'll scream. All right, all right. I'll put my arms around... Elliot, hand me my gloves. <laughs> what for? I don't want Alice to find my fingerprints on her. <laughs> now, Sherry, tell me. You don't really think I'm a crook, do you? <laughs> no. I just said it in a moment of madness <laughs> Forgive me for such evil thoughts, Sherry oh, oh, Very well, I'll forgive you Now, if you'll excuse me This is my first chance to get away since the robbery And I'm about to leave It's my day off, you know If you'll pardon me just a moment I'm going to put my hat on Sweet little thing, ain't she? <laughs> I think we almost suspected her of stealing silverware, fur coats, and jewelry. We should be horsewhipped. <laughs> She's a lovely child and real stylish, too. Yeah. I love those six emerald bracelets she had on her arm. <laughs> yeah, but did you notice them four diamond wristwatches on her other arm? <laughs> Real class <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I'm ready to leave uh, Will you please help me on with my mink coat? Oh, oui, oui There you are Ah, oh, thank you Now, would you help me on with my other mink coat? <laughs> Two mink coats Isn't that chic? <laughs> yeah, that's the latest style from Paris Mink coat a la mode <laughs> That's a cold mink coat on top of a hot mink coat Ah, oh, you gentlemen are so sweet to me And now, would you mind carrying my things out to my car? What things? Oh, those four suitcases in that trunk You always take four suitcases in the trunk on your day off? What do you got in there, anyway? Dresses I like to change my clothes often Oh, I see must be a sloppy eater <laughs> Well, if you'll just pick up the suitcases, we'll go Oh, right, yes Elliot, you take those two I'll take these two And we'll come back to the trunk later Yes, right, oh <laughs> Curly yes. Isn't she a delightful thing? May we <laughs> Whatever possessed us to think that she would steal She's just about as honest as As Elliot, are you wearing spurs? No. Well, what's that stuff that's rattling? It's come from this suitcase I'm carrying. Here, listen. What's she got in there? You heard her, her clothes. What's she wearing, armored suits? <laughs> Must have a small part in Ivanhoe. Oh, oh. <laughs> Elliot, you don't think we're being too gullible, do you? Oh, no. After all, you can't jump to conclusions just Hurry because... Up, boys. The... I'll open the door for you. All right, ladies, stay where you are. We got you with the goods this time. What are you talking about? Don't pretend. We heard everything through the window. And all those things you have on are Mrs. Cartwright's. Alice, where did you and the sergeant come from? We followed you from the station house. I knew this phony French maid was the thief. Well, she certainly had me fooled. Alice, you must be mistaken Well, I'll prove it to you I'll open these suitcases and show you Elliot, you open the trunk Yeah, all right Now look, 
Look, these suitcases are full of silverware. This one is full of jewelry, and that one's full of clothes. This woman was running away with everything that belongs to Mrs. Cartwright. I'll say she was. Why? What's in the trunk? Mr. Cartwright. <laughs> Stand and miss a trick. No. Bill will be back in just a moment. If you want to do things in a big way this Christmas, give big 21-inch television. Make it the finest you can buy. RCA Victor Television Deluxe. If there's a picture in the air, you'll get it best on an RCA Victor Deluxe set. Take the new Bancroft, for example. This instrument brings you superb 21-inch television in a beautiful, traditionally-styled cabinet. Because it's an RCA Victor Deluxe, it has more tubes and an extra reserve of power for performance plus wherever you live. And of course, the Deluxe Bancroft has the exclusive RCA Victor Magic Monitor electronic circuit system that acts automatically to guard picture quality. You can make this the most wonderful Christmas of all. Give the ultimate in television quality. Give 21-inch RCA Victor Television Deluxe on display at your RCA Victor dealers. Folks, this is Phil again. Everybody likes to put money on a winner, even me. Well, here's a winner for you. Christmas seals. That's right. The money we spend for Christmas seals is winning the fight against tuberculosis. It helped save the lives of over 6 million Americans in the past 45 years. Against TB, you can bet on Christmas seals. So take a tip. Buy Christmas seals and use them. Thank you, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Viola Vaughn and Peter Lee, and the part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Just in time for the holidays, RCA Victor brings you the Three Sons Christmas Party. Eight Yuletide favorites on only two records, including such Christmas songs as The First Noel and Frosty the Snowman. To play all your 45 RPM records as they should be played, get a new Victrola 45 attachment when you buy the Three Sons new Christmas Party album at your RCA Victor dealers. Tonight, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1942-1943 season of the Jack Benny Show. Last week we had a contest to see somewhere in that episode I said there was a replacement of some sort because this is our season of replacements. Well, uh, what was it? I mean, I, I said I said we were trying to beat Jim because Jim is always the first one to the punch, and Jim didn't listen to it till later in the week. Emails me, no one still emailed me, but Jim, and Jim didn't even get it right. So what's up, people? You, we need we need some Jack Benny fans out there that are willing to email me and, and participate in my contest. But anyway, what the deal was, the replacement was for. The Maxwell. 
Maxwell is sent off to the scrap drives and that metal apparently went into the tank that Jack was driving and the tank made all the same sounds as the Maxwell so the tank was a replacement for the Maxwell and there you have <laughs> what I was hoping someone would guess anyway tonight we have an even bigger replacement episode going on tonight we see have our last episode with Phil Harris for quite a while so we say goodbye to Phil Harris as he and it sounds like most of his most of his band go uh, join the Merchant Marines for a while and they will be back in 16 weeks now I don't know exactly why this happens this way I don't know how they manage to not um, be drafted into the war I don't know if the Merchant Marines by being there for the 16 weeks somehow uh, clears them from having to do uh, being drafted in other ways um, and feel free to email me if you know anything about the way this all works but it sure looks like the band's in for 16 weeks and then nobody has to go off to fight World War II and I'm not trying to cast uh, dispersions on Phil or his band it just kind of appears that that's the way it is so for the next 16 weeks we'll get lots of different replacements for Phil one of them being uh, Bob Crosby who of course we hear years later taking over for Phil uh, in the 1952-1953 season so anyway without further ado let's get to the episode enjoy this episode the last one with Phil for quite a while and we'll see you next time as we probably start talking about some of the different replacement band leaders we're going to have and of course this ties into our year of replacements that we keep on having um, pretty wild that all <laughs> this year above all the other years we've ever played happens to be the year that in the podcast with the way it's laid out bringing you shows from you know 70 75 65 60 years ago that happened to be they all kind of coincided for all these crazy replacements anyway we'll see you next time the grape nuts flakes program starring jack benny with mary livingston phil harris dennis day rochester and yours truly don wilson <laughs> Another Grape Nuts Flakes fable, friends, by that old spinner of fables, Don Wilson. This one's about a little appetite and how he grew. You see, uh, this little appetite was very, very sad because he stayed so small, and he was always going around wailing, woe's me, woe's me, why can't I grow up and be like other appetites? Then one day, a kind lady gave this little appetite a great, big, tempting bowl full of delicious, toasty brown Grape Nuts Flakes, and quick as a wink, that little appetite grew and grew and grew until all at once he said, Oh boy, grape nuts flakes, today I am a man. Well, <laughs> the moral of that fable is just this. If any appetites need special coaxing at your house, the thing to do is to serve plenty of delicious, moldy, rich grape nuts flakes. For the distinctive goodness of grape nuts flakes really makes appetites grow. It's the grand tempting flavor of grape nuts in toasty brown, crispy flake form. So ask your grocer for Grape Nuts Flakes tomorrow. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, as is my custom, every Sunday night at this hold time... Hold it, Don, bring... hold it, hold it. Tonight's introduction is for our good old maestro. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce that this is the farewell appearance of Phil Harris on this program. As Phil and his band have joined the United States Maritime Service, they're in the Merchant Marine. That's for you and the boys, Phil. Thanks, everybody. And speaking for the whole gang and myself, I want to say that we've had a lot of fun on this program and we're sure going to miss it. Ah, uh, we're going to miss you too, Phil. That's right. You and I may have had our little quarrels and we may have gotten pretty sore at each other at times. But I'll tell you one thing, Phil. You're the best band leader I ever worked with. Ah, oh, Jackson, you're kidding. I know, but you're leaving tonight. <laughs> But on the level, things won't be the same around here without good old Twitch. Say, how long, uh, how long you been, uh, <laughs> how long you been with me, Phil? Six years. Six years. Six years without a raise. <laughs> yes, sir. And now you and the boys are leaving. Gosh, I, I feel like a mother robin. A mother robin whose eggs have all hatched. And the little birds are flying away. Make that ducks, will you? We're in the Merchant Marine. <laughs> All right, I feel like a mother duck. Uh, what'd you just say, Jack? Oh, hello, Mary. I was just telling Phil that I feel like a mother duck. Well, you've got the right feet for us. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm being sentimental. Phil and the boys have joined the Maritime Service. Well, congratulations, Phil. Thanks. Hey, Mary, how do you like my new uniform? Pretty natty, ain't it? Yeah. I never thought I'd see the day when you'd wear a coat with pants to match. <laughs> what? Including your tuxedo. You're not fooling. Oh, say, Phil, what did you do with that loud sport coat you used to wear? You mean my herringbone? No, your tuna fish with the smelt in the back. <laughs> hey. Hey, that's, that's, that's pretty good, huh? Please, Jackson, no corn tonight. Huh? Okay, Phil. Uh, by the way, where are you stationed, Phil? We're training over at Catalina Island under Captain Beebe. And what a routine they put you through. The first day, there was a guy that says, go see the doc and he'll give you a few shots. A few shots, So eh? I go over to the doc's office, say, where's the bourbon? And the guy jabs me with a needle. <laughs> Well, of course. Of course, that's what they meant. Shots in the arm. Did the shots bother you, Phil? No, I took them like they was nothing. Mm. But when they cut off my curls, I cried like a baby. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Phil. You have got a regulation haircut. I mean, a little bone is showing. <laughs> Uh, incidentally, uh, incidentally, old pal, uh, what did you do with those curls? 
Hmm? Forget it, Jack. They'll never match. <laughs> Mary, I just want a lock of Phil's hair to remember him by. I'm sentimental. I told you I feel like a mother duck. Say, Phil, how are you and the boys getting along with your training? Oh, we're sharp, Jackson. Get a load of this. All right, men. Ten. Shun. Salute. One. Two. Well. Okay, man, as you was. <laughs> All right, sit down, fellas, sit down. As you was. Am you sure you didn't make a mistake, Phil? Well, it's a great life, though, Phil. It'll do you a lot of good. Oh, hello, hello, Dennis. How are you feeling? Just ducky, Mother. <laughs> hmm. Say, Mr. Benny, I passed Warner Brothers Theater just now, and there's a sign there that says, George Washington slept here, staring Anne Sheridan and the world's greatest lover. That's right. Well, gee whiz, I thought you were in that picture. <laughs> I am. That's me, the world's greatest lover. That's something new, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's nothing new. It just happened that the studios finally realized that I'm the lover type. The lover type? Yes. Somehow I prefer to think of you as a mother duck. <laughs> no, don't be silly. And everything you say just rolls off of me. I can go along with a duck. <laughs> Say, Jack, I saw your picture, and there's just one thing I can't understand. What's that, Don? Well, in those scenes you did with Ann Sheridan, where she was wearing an evening gown, I couldn't see your face. Well, what do you mean? You're always standing behind her. Why was that? Well... Jack had his lines written on her back. <laughs> well, I had some long scenes. You try to talk and make love at the same time. Say, Dennis, have you, uh, have you seen my picture yet? No, I haven't, Mr. Benny. Hmm... You haven't, eh? Hmm. And now, folks... Am I going to get bumped off? No! <laughs> I don't care whether you see it or not, you little... What do I care? Now turn around and sing your song. I wouldn't turn around for a million dollars. I'm not going to kick you. Now go ahead. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I will now Who sing... cares what you sing? Just do it, that's all. I've seen that picture ten times. He can't see it once. I'm getting tired so I can sleep I want to sleep so I can dream I want to dream so I can be with you Your picture by my bed Will soon be placed beneath my head To keep me company the whole night through For a little while, whatever before I will see you Be dreaming full of bliss. 
that once were mine. Tender eyes that shine, they will light my way tonight. I'll see you in my dream. For a little while, whatever before, I will see you smile till reverie calls. I hope you're tired enough to Long enough to dream and look for me, or I'll be dreaming of you. was I'm Getting Tired So I Can Sleep, sung by Dennis Day. And now, folks... How'd you like my song, Mr. Benny? How'd you like my picture? <laughs> I told you I didn't see it. Well, I didn't hear your song, either. <laughs> and now, folks... Holy smoke, he's deaf. <laughs> I am not. And now, folks, I would like to announce that tomorrow we're all leaving for New York. And for the next several weeks, we'll be broadcasting from Army camps, uh, Navy and Marine bases throughout the East. Now, fellas, uh, you must realize how crowded the trains are nowadays and how tough it is to get transportation. So we'll all have to be satisfied with riding in the baggage car. <laughs> oh, Jack, your idea will never work out. Well, we can try it, can't we? What is this idea, Mary? Jack's going to put us in a big crate, and we have to bark when the conductor comes by. <laughs> now, that's just plain silly. We're not going to make off like dogs. This is a fine time to tell me I bought a license this morning. You, you bought a dog license? Mail. Well, naturally. Anyway, we're leaving tomorrow for the East, and that's that. You know, Jackson, me and the boys are sure going to miss going with you. Well, we're going to miss you too, Phil. Just think, our last week with Harris. And look, fellas, that reminds me. I owe a little money around here, and I might as well get things straightened up. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait till I get my book out. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. H H here. Phil Harris, four dollars. Now, Don, uh, you picked up a dinner check at Harry's Steakhouse last week, and it amounted to seven fifty. Here, uh, here's your money. Oh, forget it, Phil. Forget it. The treat was on me. Well, thanks, Don. Hmm. <laughs> and Mary. Uh, I had you buy some handkerchiefs for Alice. Uh, how much does that come to? Oh, never mind, Phil. Let's call it a little present and forget it. Gee. Thanks, Mary. Hmm. <laughs> well, you're next, Jackson. What do you get down against me in that little book of yours? Well, it's four dollars, Phil, but... Forget. Forget about <laughs> it. Forget it, I, I don't want your money No, no, now come on, Jackson I owe you the dough, so here it is Well, 
Oh, forget it, Phil. Forget it. Hmm. Well, gee, Jackson, that's marvelous. You're a swell guy. Don't swell guy me. I'm on a spot and you know. <laughs> I'll just scratch your name out of this book here. Say, Mr. Benny, how come Mr. Harris owes you $4? Well... Uh, three years ago, Phil got Jack a date with a girl and she picked his pocket. <laughs> she was a tall blonde with the longest fingers. <laughs> now, uh, remember, fellas, I'll probably bump into her, but when will I be in Monrovia again? <laughs> <laughs> Now, remember, remember, fellas, uh, we're leaving tomorrow, so be at the Santa Fe station a half hour before train time. We'll have lunch on the train. Oh, pardon me, Jack, but why can't we make that a late breakfast? A late breakfast? Said he, falling into the trap like an absent-minded elephant. Uh, what do you mean, Don? Well, if we can make it breakfast, we can all sit down to a nice big bowl of toasty brown sweet as a nut grape nuts flakes. And do you know what they come in, Jack? No, Don, said Benny with a merry twinkle in his big blue eyes. Uh, what do they come in? Grape nuts flakes come in that big 12-ounce economy-sized package and contain iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Well, I'll be one too, Don. <laughs> anyway, fellas, getting back to our trip to New York. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Sign for it, Mary. Wait a minute, buddy. Uh, here's a nickel for you. I can't take it. That'll put me over the 25,000 mark. <laughs> I, uh, I should have known he was wealthy with those ermine leggings. Uh, who, uh, who's the uh, wire from, Mary? Uh, it's from the Acme Plaza Hotel in New York. Oh. It says, Dear Mr. Benny, understand you are coming to New York next week. We have lovely rooms here with a bath on every floor. Just follow the arrow. <laughs> oh, yes, the Acme Plaza. We also have dancing nightly in the zebra room. Well. So bring your zebra and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> With a zebra? Let us know if you are coming, as we have wall beds and it takes some time to get them down. <laughs> hey, I, I might stay there at that. The Acme Plaza is one of the finest, so... I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. <laughs> what do you want? I went downstairs to pack your trunk like you told me to, and the polar bear is sleeping in it. <laughs> Carmichael in my trunk? Well, get him out of there. How? What do you mean, how? Have you any suggestions that won't involve my brother inheriting my new wristwatch? <laughs> Carmichael won't bite you. Just tickle him and he'll jump out. I wouldn't tickle that bear with Hitler's mustache. <laughs> All right, then lay out my clothes and I'll pack when I get home. That reminds me, Mr. Benny, you better buy some pajamas. I don't have to buy pajamas. I got six pair back from the laundry with my mon monogram on them. J.B. That was a mistake. They belong to Miss Joan Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You mean to say that last night I slept in girls' pajamas? Boss, you were a vision. <laughs> 
Well, I'll return them to Miss Bennett immediately. Now, Rochester, I hear it's pretty chilly in New York, so pack all my heavy things. I don't want to catch cold. Don't worry, boss. I even sewed your long underwear all the way up to the neck so no wind can blow through. <laughs> sewed up my long underwear? How am I going to get into it? There's a trap door in the back. <laughs> Rochester, Rochester, get all my stuff together and I'll finish packing when I get home. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. Now what? I told that crazy border of ours that we were going to be away for about eight weeks. Mr. Billingsley, how did he take it? Oh, fine. He chewed up a handful of mothballs and zipped himself in a bag. <laughs> oh, well, he'll keep till we get home. So long, Rochester. So long. Darn that guy, if you want to get things done, you got to do them yourself. Play, Phil. was Victory Fleet, the theme song of the United States Merchant Marine. Say, Phil, uh, just what do you fellas do in the maritime service at Catalina? Well, you see, Jackson, in shipyards all over the country, you don't have to be nervous building. tonight, you know, because it's the last night. Jackson is the name. You've been saying it for six <laughs> may years. May I start now. over again? Yes, you may. Go ahead, Phil. Well, you see, Jackson, uh -huh. in shipyards all over the country, they're building hundreds of Liberty ships. Uh -huh. And over at the island, they train the crews that are going to man them. Those cargoes have really got to keep moving. You said it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction this evening, and as a special tribute to Phil and the boys, we will present a play about the maritime service entitled Liberty Ship. Or pull in your neck, there's a porthole around it. <laughs> now, Mary, uh, Mary, inasmuch as we're short of actors, you'll have to be a man in our sketch. I don't want to be a man. You'll be a sailor like the rest of us. Okay, Captain Kidd. I'm not, I'm not a captain. You're not a kid, kid either. either. I know. 
Well, just for that, I, I'm going to be the captain. Now, Dennis... Aye, aye, sir. Don't aye, aye me, because you're not going to be on my ship. <laughs> you're going to play the part of a Japanese admiral. <laughs> a Japanese admiral? Yes. Last week, I was a German general. Now I'm a Japanese admiral. What's the big idea? Go see my picture, kid, and you'll get better parts. <laughs> You're going to be a Jap It's only a play Now our first scene, ladies and gentlemen Takes place at the Henry Kaiser Shipyard In the little town of Military Secret, California We will now show you the amazing speed With which a Liberty ship is constructed Take it away, Kaiser Shipyard Hey, Joe, there's an empty space right here. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's build a ship on it. Okay, start riveting. Riveting all through. Okay, start welding. Welding all through. Okay, start painting. Painting all through. Okay, let's launch it. <laughs> and that, folks, is a typical five minutes at a Kaiser ship. <laughs> My writers did that. Very good, too, boys. Very good. Gee, they were able to stand up, too. I uh, scene, uh, scene two aboard that same Liberty ship, somewhere in the ocean. Music. Sailing, sailing over the bounding main. Da diddly dum da dum da. Oh, Wilson. Wilson. Yes, Captain Betty. Did you jib the spinnaker like I told you to? Aye, aye, sir. Good. Did you scuttle the mizzen mast and port the starboard? <laughs> aye, aye, sir. Good. Now get busy and deck the swabs. <laughs> Let's swab the decks. I am the captain here. Get busy. Hmm. Three bells already. Three bells? What's that in regular time, Captain? Yes, sir. Now get busy. <laughs> Oh, hello, Seaman Livingston. Hello, cop. That's cap. And salute. Salute when you address me. Get your hand up to your forehead. Like this? No, higher. <laughs> I want discipline, and I'm going to have it. Where's Seaman Phil Harris? He's up on the poop deck, drinking pop. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, well, I'm going downstairs. I mean, below. To get something to eat. Oh, you better eat later, Captain. There's a bad storm blowing up. I don't care. When I want to eat, I want to eat. You sure picked a nice year for it. <laughs> Never mind. Were you looking for me, Cap? Yes, Harris. We're just going down to have some chow. Come on, Libby, Harris. Let's get something to eat. Here's the gallery. I mean, galley. <laughs> right here. What are we having for dinner, Libby? It's right there on the table. Oh, boy. Fried chicken, our rotten potatoes, cream spinach, and mince pie with ice cream. Let's dig in. Oh, it's blowing up bad now. Wow, this boat is sure rocking. Yeah, sure is. Well, start eating, Captain. I thought you were hungry. Who, me? <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> Wow, we're sure pitching. This ship can really take it. Oh, Phil, pass me the gravy. It's in your lap. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> Here you are, Livy. Hey, Cap, aren't you going to eat it all? No, no thanks. Not right. Oh, now. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Livy? Lucky Strike Green has gone to your face. I don't care. I'm going to weather the storm, and I'm going to bring this ship to port, or my name ain't... Oh, boy, we're making marvelous time. A couple of more days, and we'll be at the... Harris, what are you doing there? I'm fishing, sir. I just took the big one, and he pulled a knife on me. That's a swordfish. <laughs> Fine fisherman. Hey, Phil, you've got another bite. And it's a big one. Reel it in, reel it in. I got him, I got him. Wow, it must be a shark. Pull it out, pull it over the rail. Wow, it's a shark, all right. Shark's nothing, it's one of them little Jap submarines. <laughs> I'll be darned, it is a Jap sub. Open the hatch, Wilson. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> now, come on out, you. Come on out. Hello, peekaboo, please. Ah, Sakamina, watch it's a jab. Grab him, Wilson. I got him. Now listen, you. Hey, Cap, there's someone else in that sub. Oh, yes. Come on out, you. Come on. I don't know how to do. Which way, Tokyo, please? <laughs> oh, boy, we got two of them. Now, which one of you is the captain? Ah, uh, me, Captain, uh, Captain Yokomoto, Imperial Savonese Navy. Ah, thank you very much. I hear that. Now listen, Captain. Beg your pardon, please. Me, Captain, Captain Takasuba. Thank you very much, oh, me, Captain. Oh, so sorry, Takasuba. Begging pardon, please, but me, Captain. No, 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 please. Me, oh, Captain. Me, Captain. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can a straight man break in here? Oh, so sorry, please. So sorry. I don't care which one of you is, Captain. You're both under arrest. Arrest? Yes. Und ich verstehe sie keinen und verstehe nicht eine Minuten für Stuten, eine Minute für Stuten. Und ich verstehe nicht einen Stuten. What? Right in Hirohito's face. Come on, you two, you're going to the grave. your most precious assets these strenuous days are your good humor and your good health. And one way to safeguard both humor and health is to see that your folks get the right start each day with a delicious, nourishing breakfast. For a full share of well-balanced nourishment, make it a breakfast that includes grape nuts flakes. Because well-balanced nourishment is what you get in every helping of toasty brown grape nuts flakes and milk. You get proteins and minerals, such as iron, calcium, and phosphorus. And you get two of the important B vitamins, niacin and vitamin B1 for good appetite, steady nerves, and energy. So for better health and better humor, you'd better say, I'll take a package of Grape Nuts Flakes. (laughs) 
That was the last number of the 10th program in the new Grape Nuts Flake series. And we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, broadcasting from New York. I'd like to salute the officers and men at the new Maritime Training Station, which is being dedicated at Catalina Island on December 15th. Good luck to you men. And good luck to you, Phil Harris, and all your boys. Thanks, Jackson. We'll be seeing you. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Morrow and Ed Malloyd. Friends for Hot.